Dog Sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Anju to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the talk path. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and race the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog. Chris Horadell joined by Anshu Kana. Anshu. Chris. How you doing, buddy? Good. How is it going with you? Oh, you know. Great. So, living the dream, buddy. Living Super the good. Dream. Super good. Can't complain about nothing. And uh, why would I? Because, uh, you know, look. Everything is good. Got problems, but they're first world problems, and uh, it could be a hell of a lot worse. So, <laughs> can deal. <laughs> It could be. It's, I was going to yeah, say, I don't well, know if they're all first world problems. I think they're, they're that's, anyway. That's though. true. But. Some of them are just uh, accidentally interacting with criminal problems. But <laughs> it's the world we live in, I, I suppose. For every week progressively, you just let a little more slip. Like at first it was like, oh, you know, just totally speaking in vague mm-hmm. terms. And now it's like, you know, dealing in next next week, it's going to be like an outward, just detailed synopsis of what's happened which I'm oh yeah no it's, it yeah no it might just be like a like a 35 minute manifesto like an, an audio manifesto <laughs> it's entirely possible but uh, especially if the, yes well uh it'll be released under the this person's lost his goddamn mind section of apple podcasts <laughs> and justifiably so i believe but uh, look so. we're not we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about the national football league it's uh on the cusp of re uh restarting we're through well, two of the three meaningless preseason games. College football's back this weekend. So much stuff. It, it seems like it's real sports time. Basketball's only about a month and a half away. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to look at a lot of fun NFL lines in continuation from what we did last week. Um, so two weeks into the preseason, has there, has there ever been a more meaningless feeling to a preseason than this year? Yeah. <laughs> It's, I, 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 yeah, there's been very, there have been very, very few meaningful games. I will say, though, the fact that they have three games for most teams helps um, mm-hmm. in, in part because, you know, we've got these, what, four rookie first round quarterbacks that are all getting their first action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple others from last year that are getting some of their first action because there wasn't preseason last year. So you get you know, your first look at Jordan Love in live snaps and you get, you know, you've got obviously Jalen Hurts and there are a couple different quarterback battles that are still happening. So I, I would say I've, I've seen worse preseasons, but, you know, you've gotten the, um, and we're going to get to some of these guys specifically with respect to rookie of the year, but I think that, you know, the rookie quarterbacks especially are what you come out to watch preseason for. Mm-hmm. But to your point, like, I mean, almost all the good players in the league just are – they're not even playing like the first series of third games anymore. They're just no. not playing, which is, yeah, it's, it's uh it's an adjustment. And you see why with players like Travis Etienne getting hurt here in, in the preseason, he's out for the season, which is a dagger for them. Yeah. I, I just mean, in addition to everything you said, it seems like the league is transitioning more to 
like these joint practices are where they do their evaluating yeah. and the games are kind of just the end the end byproduct of that no it's a it's a really great point i don't know how much i yeah that's right you said you're not really watching hard knocks i caught the first two last night and um yeah i mean that was a perfect example of exactly what you're saying like you know the, the joint practices everyone's playing zeke's playing you know I, I mean everyone that can play is but then when it comes to the field they're just not out there and mm-hmm. um i mean i think that it makes a lot of sense too because like in a practice you can really control what happens on the field it's a lot harder but like mm-hmm. in practice you know you can still throw the red jerseys on the guys and you know it's kind of like a collaborative environment i feel like um especially when you have coaches that have relationships and a lot of times in these in these joint practices teams select other teams because of those relationships so there's like a a mutual respect almost and like an, a wink nod like let's not let anyone get hurt here or have any big hits or anything like that so i, I think the joint practice aspect specifically is a really great point how has hard knocks been i saw the ratings for it are just abysmal they're among the lowest ratings ever next to last year's just cluster fuck of a <laughs> of of a season combining the rams and the, and the chargers ha, has there been anything how is this season worthwhile i i did not watch last season not even like a second of it so um i think my issue with it is it's just like everyone knows the cowboys you know yeah. and so it's like it like i'd much rather have a team that is on the right like Honestly, it'd be fun to see a team like the Bengals or like an up and coming team, even the Eagles, you know, just like another a team that, um, you know, you're just not familiar with either with a new coach or a Jaguars Jaguar. Oh, that would have been Jaguars would have been great. But, you know, they're just on blast in every way right now because of the coach and the quarterback. So, like, Mm. I kind of understand that going with them. But either way. And Tebow. And Tebow. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would have been great. (laughs) That that would have been uh, yeah, it would like they're basically on hard knocks every day when you turn on ESPN. But no, I, I, I think that's like the key because when I think of the best hard knock seasons in my mind, they're like the Chiefs season when that team was going to be just like the most boring team in football. But then you go, you learn about you know certain players, and I, I just really like the aspect of you know will this guy get cut? Won't he get cut? You get mm-hmm. really like uh, locked into the characters. This just feels like a drawn out, you know suckling of the cowboys essentially you know what i mean no but like it's like a media guide for them and yeah the only interesting aspect which you would hate probably is like the humanization as mm-hmm. you actually i know you would hate it because you said it last week the humanization <laughs> of <laughs> of dak prescott and zeke and like their friendship and stuff i, I like i think i think that's kind of it's kind of cool but it's not like oh i need to tune in to see what crazy hijinks zeke and dak you know come yeah. <laughs> go into next you know it's just I, yeah, I I would have rather seen a team that I wanted to learn more about. Dak doesn't bother me. I I don't get the like. Dak seems like a good dude. Zeke yeah. is just Zeke is a he's a frat boy who yeah, never had that's very good never friend. never had any rules placed upon him, and he behaves as such. Uh, um, you think he Micah Parsons is annoying? Yeah, he, he's not. Oh yeah, me. yeah. Just uh, just a lot. I'll tell you what. You know who he reminds me of is who's the uh, the safety on the Raider, Jonathan Abram. Oh God, the, he was he the worst. Him a little. He's not as bad. He's not as out there. Um, he's a pretty. He's actually a really smart guy. Uh, but he's just he's just got like annoying bits about him that you can tell why he's a good middle linebacker. You know, like he's got that crazy twist. 
I've never liked anyone less than than Jonathan Abram on that yeah. season. And what a crazy season that that was the whole Antonio Brown stuff. Yeah, that was a crazy season. That was one where it was like uh like the, you know, they were obviously going to be front and center anyway, but Hard Knocks just enhanced it a little bit. So that yeah. was a good one. Even though Mayock flat out refused to get mic'd. Yep. Yep. And I um yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's weird with the Cowboys. Cause it, I think like it's almost like Hard Knocks did the opposite for them in my mind. Like it it humanized all of them rather than like putting them front and center like mm-hmm. Hard Knocks is supposed to. You know, it's supposed to glorify in for the Cowboys. They're already, you know, America's team and all that. It like yeah. it's almost like it it. Yeah, it dumbed them down a little bit. Well, that Bucks season was interesting, too, just because Jameis Winston is one of the most oh, charismatic God. people that we've ever come across. I like You and I are completely opposite on that. Oh, man. I, I thought, thought Jameis came off so well. Oh, I thought he God. was so much fun. Knowing that, like, this is just a person I fundamentally don't like. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I'm the opposite. I, I was Fair not enough. a fan. But, no, I that season was good, though. That's a great example of that. Like... That's a team, you know, you just want to get a feel for a team and like everyone knows Mike Evans, but it's cool to watch him, you know, Gerald McCoy, Gerald McCoy. Like that was a great example of a a good season. This this one's just a tie. Yeah, it's it's just not the same. And I think they know it. Um, I I would hope next year they'll go to small market or, you know, just some like kind of an under the radar team that that brings out the best in that show. Well, I also feel like Hard Knocks has been upstaged by all or nothing. I think all or nothing is the yeah. better production. And you also get the benefit of you're with these guys for the entire season mm-hmm. rather than just a couple of meaningless preseason games. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I'm sure that would be better. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like hard knocks is really meant to give you a feel for like, Oh, football is back, you know? True. And then once football kicks off, it's like, you're so just enraptured with like the whole footballiness that it's almost like you don't have time for the, the like the under the radar stuff that 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 show brings but well i mean, I mean the, I've heard that, that really show good. fills an off-season void it's not airing during the season oh it's an off-season got it got yeah it. but I, and i will say the mistake that was made i was i was incredibly excited to, uh, to hear that the eagles were going to be on all or nothing but they aired that that season like seemed it felt like like two or three weeks after the super bowl mm. and it just didn't feel like they gave football enough time to breathe yeah yeah I'm sure, especially for you after a big postseason run, like that's a long season <laughs> when your team's in it to the end. Yeah, um, yeah. Good times, bad times, all immortalized forever. All right, let's 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 get back to the uh, let's get back to these player award props over at Bavada. We handled a bunch last week, but we're gonna dig right back in, pick right back up where we left off, and that would be offensive player of the year, 2021. The leader in the Bavada clubhouse is, as you would imagine, well, maybe not, a tie between Patrick Mahomes, plus 700, and Derrick Henry, plus 700, followed by Christian McCaffrey at plus 1,000, George Kittle at plus 1,200. What? Dalvin Cook is plus 15, Josh Allen's plus 15, Nick Chubb plus 16, and Aaron Rodgers plus eighteen. What the hell is George Kittle doing up there? What, what? does what do they know? Like just, that's that's a crazy outlier. That is absurd because 
I mean, I guess I get why Kelsey isn't up there because he's like, you know, I mean, if he wins it, that means Mahomes wins it. And so Kel- Kelsey's I- not far behind. He's a plus two thousand, just uh, just behind. Like he's tied with Lamar Jackson, and Saquon Barkley. Oh man, ahead of Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean that's crazy to me. I like. I obviously you get why McCaffrey's way up there. Um, yeah, just because if he's healthy, you know. And he plays all 17 games. He's going to rack up the kind of all-purpose yards that win you that award. It's but it's hard. Before last year, he was very healthy, but now that he's got that first injury, uh, you know, you never know. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, that's crazy to me. The Kittle one is a massive outlier. I don't care, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what they might or might not know. I feel like that's that's just wild because like now you've got Brandon Ayuk in his second season, his first full off season. Um, you got probably a better quarterback in Trey Lance coming in Debo. at some point. You got Devo, of course. And then, you know, they draft Trey Sermon. They've mm-hmm. got Raheem Mostert. They've got, you know, some of their offensive linemen back. You just got to think that, I, I don't know. I, I don't really get that one. So that's that's an X for me. Um, well, if, if Kittle's good enough to win the award, isn't Garoppolo probably winning the award? That, that's Well, that was my argument about Kelsey and Mahomes. Is like, of course, Kelsey's not going to win it because Mahomes is there. Um, and because Tyree Kill is there. And so right. it's like, you either have to have... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see Kittle winning it without Garoppolo winning it just because like, if all the passes get funneled to Kittle... And maybe it's mm-hmm. two different quarterbacks, then okay, fine. But even then, like, how's Kittle performing better than, like, Darren Waller, for example? Well, or, and if it's two different quarterbacks, the team's probably not playing well, and you don't tend to get MVPs from bad teams. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, I, again, we're talking about player of the year here, so it's a little different. Like, it's usually... It's true. It's usually just the best statistical season as opposed to the MVP being the best quarterback, which we That's talked fair. about last week. So, for me... um, I think Adams is a decent option just because it's a little different where the Packers are going to funnel like everything through him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, 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 McCaffrey for sure should, he should probably be one. I would put him ahead of Henry. I think. Um, and- I don't know how, how you can put anybody ahead of Henry at this point with the trajectory that he's been on over the last three years. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like Brady in that, like at some point it has to turn around and yeah. Henry's the equivalent of Brady years and running back. Well, I've just, I've just but. settled on, like, he's just a LeBron James of the NFL. That's just what he is. He's the physical outlier that yeah. rules don't seem to apply to. That's I could, I totally understand that. It's well said. Um, I, yeah, I mean it's it's a totally fair argument. What are the other like receivers that you have up there? The next receivers, uh, Stephon Diggs plus twenty two, Tyreek is twenty five, Nuke is plus three thousand, hmm. uh, Justin Jefferson plus thirty five, Michael Thomas plus thirty five. Oh, um, yeah, I'll probably avoid that one. Um, that that is it Hopkins, for the receivers. Yeah, Hopkins is not a bad call either. I think just because. You know, I know they've they've added AJ Green, they've got Rondell Moore, but you know they don't really have, um, you know, a running back. You got, you know, you you've got James Conner there now, and and Chase Edmonds, but no, but I guess my point is just like, who else is getting the ball? You know, I mean, those are a lot of names. But you have a former number one overall pick throwing the ball, so it's I feel like it's the same problem. I I but I could see it being where like Kyler doesn't rack up enough of the overall stats, and, Mm. and they just funnel through hot to Hopkins. I don't know. It's just, you're looking at a long shot there. It might be an option. 
I don't hate Matt Stafford at plus 25 just to see if maybe throw some money. Assume maybe he goes nuts in that McVay offense. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. he's got the great Tutu Atwell at receiver. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, DJ your boy is there now, right? I mean, oh. that, there's. Yeah, that'll there's be some, a fun two games. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, we talked about Stafford last week on the MVP side, and, and I think. My hunch, and then, you know, they obviously lose Cam Akers earlier this offseason. They just trade for Sony Michelle this morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wonder how all that tells me is like they don't believe in Daryl Henderson that much. No. And so, how much of this will funnel through Stafford? It, it's tough, though, because Stafford is, you know, it's his first year. And we talked again last week about first year in that offense does not generally put up the kind of stats. It's that second year that you really see. I mean, we've seen both Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers win MVPs in the second year in that offense. And I think Stafford next year, I'd have him circled for sure to win the MVP. First year, I mean, you'd have to have a Brady-esque transition. And Hmm. I I don't know if that's in the offing. Sorry, I may have missed uh, Calvin Ridley at plus 3,000 when we were looking at the odds. That's That's not terrible. It's not terrible. If he's healthy... And you know they're going to be throwing a lot. And they you want to talk about just no other options. I mean, you got a rookie tight end. Rookie tight ends historically are not statistically a good option um, for big numbers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they don't really have a running back. Who else does Matt Ryan throw into? Um, the Obviously, the argument against that is, like, you could just move all your defense to, Cal- to stop Calvin Ridley and shut down that offense by just doing that. How do you feel about the fact that Bavada has your guy, Aaron Jones, plus 5,000, which is significantly behind Taysom Hill's plus 3,500? <laughs> That's pretty absurd. I mean, I love Aaron Jones. And you want to talk about, again, like kind of like poor man's McCaffrey. In the, yeah. in the spectrum of outcomes for Aaron Jones, there's, there's a place for him to have like a Falk-like season, I think. You know, yeah. I mean, they just re-signed him to a big deal. They basically put all their money into that. And, you know, I, I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they, you know, they gave him if he stays healthy, he gets all the touches. I mean, not a bad, you know, long shot by any means. Well, I wonder if Taysom Hill is just a let's let's take the suckers money kind of. Uh, that had to have there. been set too before. I mean, I guess technically Peyton hasn't announced that Winston's going to be their starter, but yeah, but he is. Yeah. So just, just like before this morning, we didn't know who was going to be the starting quarterback in Jacksonville. Officially. So, all right. Yeah, I, I agree, but I, and I totally was like, it's of course it's going to be Lawrence. But then I watched that Monday night game because I was, I have no life. And mm-hmm. um, actually both those teams were involved, the Saints and the Jags, but you know, during it, I, I would say Lawrence did not look very good, and Minshew didn't look great either by any means. But like, you know, a Monday night crew during the week is generally going to get a really good feel for co- the coaching staffs, and you know, you could tell that Winston was going to be the guy. Like that yeah. was a, just a fait accompli. But for 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 the Jacksonville Jaguars, for whatever reason, it's it, they were really like we they really don't know yet if it's going to be Lawrence or uh... Minshew, and then Minshew was taking one. Why was Minshew taking first team snaps? Like why? Because Urban Meyer thinks he's smarter than everybody else. But I have gotten the impression, like he's watching not. watching Urban Meyer, it just looks to me like he's in over his head at the at the the NFL level right now. I I agree completely. I think this first year is going to be a big bust for them. I and he's going to quietly retire after it. Oh no, medical issues, man. There's always yeah, a hundred percent. I I just. 
I, um, I w- I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, not for this season, but like, I maybe he has a chance to turn things around after this year. But I think just even just hiring Daryl Bevel as your play caller, just all you need to look is at his history, and it is mm-hmm. not a good one. Um, somehow he's just he's managed to say like, he must be a great guy, you know, <laughs> right. or must have great ideas in theory, and uh, you know, in practice it just doesn't work because yeah, I, yeah he's he's been the anchor around you know around uh around russell wilson's neck for years he was in minnesota for a while it's just he just keeps getting chances and now he's on trevor lawrence's neck yeah i i don't get it and by the way i know i know they're missing uh etn for the season i i thought that was a dumb draft pick when they took him at the end of the first Great. round cool. i don't under like you know and i think we were of the same mind in terms of drafting running backs that that if a guy is not special 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 like he's going to be top three to five player at his position in the NFL at running back. You don't pick him in the first round. You just don't right. do it. I, I guess like the only argument against that is a guy who's special, special, special in a way that maybe he's not a top three to five running back, but he's a top, you know, a very much a first round ask weapon. Kamara. Like Kamara initially. And, you know, he, or, you know, and then Kamara switched sort of to uh, being able to carry the load. And that, I mean, that's definitely what you see in ETN or you hope to see in ETN. You can see why they saw that. I personally don't see that, you know, no. and, and I just I never got it. And I also think that you can find guys like that later almost all the time. Like even if Kamara was special and they got him in the second round or what late first. And, um, you know, there were probably still guys that could have worked in that offense later that they could have gotten that did 90 percent sure. of that. So I'm I think 105 sure percent of that. Yeah, oh, better than Kamara. Better, well, better than better than what ETN was going to do in that Jags offense. But, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yep. I just, yeah, I don't get it. I I see a guy who got really lucky that he played with one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time throughout most of his career. Well, because when you the watched him, you bring him right back with him, right? Well, yes, but this is the NFL now. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. when, when you watched him in those few games without Lawrence, when Uyunglele was the starter, he looked mediocre. Nice pronunciation. Wow. Thank you. You just dropped that out of nowhere. That was, that was very nicely done. No, you're Thank right. You. I mean, he didn't, he didn't look great. And yeah, I mean, we, we don't have to be with a dead, like a dead horse here, but it's, mm-hmm. it is one of those things. Like it just doesn't make sense. And it's just another chapter. And, and I mean, you have to work that in your analysis when you think about, drafting a running back is like they are likelier to get hurt i mean they Mm -hmm. just are and especially a guy who has an injury history like etn does uh, it just doesn't make any sense like Najee harris makes a little more sense to me just because like they were so locked into him all along and yeah he's gonna play the exact role you know we we talked about jonathan taylor i think at length last year like if you're gonna draft a guy within the first two or three rounds at running back you better just run him right into the ground while he's on a rookie deal mm-hmm. and then just move on. And I think that's that's their plan from Jump Street with Najee For Harris. sure. And, I mean, Travis Etienne, that was never the plan. So, I don't know. It's I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I just feel like we were always on that, on that page. Yeah, and I'm not the world's biggest Najee Harris fan, although I do think the fit that he finds himself in is about as good as he could find in anywhere in the NFL. Yeah, completely so. agree on both. Both those guys would not be shocked to see to see Najee Harris put up like 1300 1350 yards this year yeah it really just depends on that line 
Well, let's talk about those offensive rookie of the years here at Bavada. Uh, we've got uh, no giant shock here at the top. Uh, the gentleman we were just talking about, Trevor Lawrence, the leader at plus 300, followed by Justin Fields at plus 500, Trey Lance at plus 500, Kyle Pitts, Najee Harris, Zach Wilson at plus 1,000, uh, Jamar Chase, who has been bad so far, mm. Mac Jones plus 1,200, Devontae Smith plus 18, Jalen Waddell, apologies for saying your name wrong for, your, for every time I've ever said it prior to you correcting us, plus 2,000. He's uh, really gone by that? It's, yeah, he, said, he announced his name is pronounced Jalen Waddell. Oh my god, that's yeah. gonna be frustrating. Okay. Uh, Javante Williams, Trace Sermon plus twenty-two, Elijah Moore plus twenty-five, Etn's plus twenty-eight, but we can cross that off. Bateman is plus five thousand, Kadarius Tony plus sixty-six hundred, Rondale plus sixty-six hundred, Sam Ellinger plus sixty-six hundred. <laughs> uh, I, I guess there was a chance he could have been starter for a while. Um, Terrence, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. plus 8,000. Trey Smith, I don't know what an offensive guard has to do to win Rookie of the Year, but <laughs> plus 9,000. And hey, I, I, he's not even on the list. And uh, Ian Book plus 10,000 at <laughs> That must just be to, to throw a bone at a Notre Dame fan there. But um, no, I mean, I go back to the top. Like, obviously, Lawrence makes sense as the favorite. Really? You I, don't want to break down Trey Smith here? No, nah, I, <laughs> I, I don't think I have anything there. Um, <laughs> Zach Wilson, I think, is a really interesting one with that. Yeah. those odds. Um, he just carved up the Packers after struggling during the week in that aforementioned joint practice you talked about. Um, I, You know, he's just like... They've got underrated weapons, I think, around him for him, for his mm -hmm. specific skill set, which is like let's bomb it, you know, and really yeah. rip the ball down the field. And that Corey Davis seems to be a guy that he connected with. I think that that makes some sense. Um, just like from an odds perspective, like, and I just want to go back to something that we started on last week. And I just uh, I, talk about Justin Fields. I'm just so annoyed with the, and I knew this would have, like, you know, even if Fields had had a good game, which he didn't no. in his second game, it was. It would be such an overreaction to to have things come about the way they have, and uh, I like this guy is going to be. You know, he's and it was the drumbeat was much louder last week, so this isn't going to have the same impact it would have last week. But it's just, it's just crazy that like there's suddenly this like massive assumption like this guy is. You know, he's he's the best thing. You know, he's the best option they have by far. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe he is. But, like, he's going to be, you know, this rookie of the year, he's going to be the number. You guys need to take him in fantasy early and blah, blah, blah. Like, if you're in a league with me, please do take him early because, right. A, they're not going to start him till you know, week four or five at the earliest. B, minus a Dalton injury. Minus a Dalton injury, right, of course. But, B, you know, he's just, like, what I saw of him was a really good athlete and a good, a guy with good raw football skills. I'm not mm -hmm. passing that off at all. But not like a fundamentally sound player that dead happened to like throw three touchdowns in structure. I mean, he runs a touchdown in with a holding penalty, um, or I'm sorry, with a defensive holding penalty, and then you know, and then he throws a touchdown on a busted play with no one within 20 yards of the tight end. I mean, all I'm saying is that if you want to talk about a rookie being awesome, like make sure it's in the context of 
something that's actually applicable. Yeah, you know, of like him games. playing awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't give me that bullshit. And you know, and that's where that's where Zach Wilson I thought was so impressive because meanwhile Zach Wilson's getting just no credit at all. He's mm-hmm. in, you know, he's in he's New York. He's forgotten. He's a forgotten guy, and he's just spinning the ball all over the field. He's looked the best of any of these guys, including Lawrence, that I've seen. And Well, I'll you know, tell you what. A guy a little bit further down that list, Mac Jones has been playing some spectacular football. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's that was another one I was going to bring up, because I think that you know people e- easily and instantly are going to Lawrence and Lance and Fields Field isn't starting week one. Lance probably isn't starting week one. Trevor Lawrence has Urban Meyer as his coach with Daryl Bevel going <laughs> plays. So you tell me, like, I, I mean, like, this is, this is you know, the definition of good value. Be, you know, fade the public, fade the media, and go and, you know, use your eyes. And I think that, I think that Zach Wilson is going to be in for a really good season this year relative to what you'd expect. Mac Jones is just impressive to me. Mac Jones, like, he was a guy who I was anything anything but sold on going into last year, taking over that Alabama team from Tua. And every time I've seen Mac Jones play the, this, this preseason and, you know, preseason football means uh, basically nothing, but it's what we got. He looks like he's been in the NFL for 10 years. Like he I, doesn't, he doesn't look rattled. He looks like the game where, whereas uh, Justin Fields had to go and point out that he thought the game was too, a little bit slow. Oh, I cannot just, wait to talk about that with you. It just looks like the game is, is, has already slowed down for Mac Jones. I think that was a thing, you know, once there was that rumor out there that the Niners were thinking about Mac Jones, whatever truth there may have been to that, mm-hmm. like, I think it made us all double check our work, you know, Yeah. because like there are very few coaches better than Kyle Shanahan. And so I, you know, if he's saying, you know, if that was really a thought and it, and by all accounts, it really was like, they were really thinking about him there. Though Um, he will, he will never admit that it was Trey, it was uh, Trey Lance the whole way. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just like the game's so slow for Justin Fields. But no, Mm -hmm. I think that like, yeah, I think that he probably like it, it, the name was thrown out there. So, you know, we're all looking at him We're you know, and it makes sense like that, you know, that the game is, does really truly slow down processing wise for him. He is a cerebral player, mm-hmm. not to like put an obvious stereotype on him, but <laughs> he's, but he's, you know, he is like, he gets it. And he is like a great marriage for the McDaniels and Belichick system. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to call foul on anything with the Cam Newton, you know, COVID misunderstanding, but would it be the first time that the Patriots did something, you know, to get, to move forward, to be optically sound, you know, like they didn't want to bench Cam. So now guess what? They have a whole week with Mac Jones where he gets to take all the snaps in the third preseason game. They get to see what he looks like full time in this Mm -hmm. offense with the first team. I mean, why not? It's a great chance for them to be able to do that. And yeah, yeah. plus twelve hundred at Bavada. Like I, I, that's that is a good. That's maybe my favorite value of any of these guys we've talked about so far. Uh, I I address the the game was a little bit slow comment from Justin Fields. Is tell me, does that hit that he took this past weekend happen if he doesn't open his mouth and say something stupid? I, I don't know if they were directly related oh, or not. I, I 100% think they were directly related. That was, I'll give him credit on that, man. I would not have gotten back up after that. That hit was like out of the 80s. 
that yeah. was a brutal ear ear holer and uh yeah, I, I think he'll probably think twice about um, certain comments for sure. I 100% think that those two things were related. Guys, like, you think NFL veterans want to be insulted by some guy who's proved nothing? Yeah, I mean, like, no he way. Wasn't that, that stuff them. takes. No, but he insulted the game speed of the NFL in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just hilarious because, again, that was like. The third quarter of the first preseason game. Right. After he sucked for the first two drives and it's against the Dolphins, like, you know, again, like third or fourth stringers. I, I don't know. It's just one of those, like, it, maybe it's a little faster than you thought, Justin. Yeah. Uh, Nashi Harris plus a thousand at Bavada. What do we think of that? It's not a bad call. I mean, it really would require all the rookie quarterbacks to be meh, you know, like yeah. you'd have to get. Like you'd have to have injuries probably, and obviously you'd have to have Lampton Fields not start to start the season, probably not Mac Jones start to start the season, and you know, and then you've got Wilson and Lawrence would have to kind of peter out. But it's possible if all those things happen, and it, that's not a crazy outcome. Anybody further down the list that is, is all is it all interesting? We talked about, you know, we talked about this with the offensive rookie of the year stuff. As much as I like Elijah Moore, I don't see how he wins it, and Zach Wilson doesn't. Right. Um, I mean, the one guy is Chase, but Chase is, you know, the drops have been a problem. The, the thing yeah. is, there's a, such an opportunity for him to explode up that depth chart right now with AJ Green going. And, you know, and he obviously has a connection with Burrow. And if you believe some of what's been out there about, you know, Burrow lobbying to draft his old teammate, then why can't Chase, who was ahead of running ahead of J- Justin Jefferson at LSU, why can't Chase be just as good as Jefferson, who won rookie. Why year can't he catch the football? <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Like this sudden dropsies thing is I mean, you gotta think it's partially due to just being away from the game, but I'm also very confident he was practicing throughout right. and throughout that whole process. So seems like just a weird I don't know. He was never known for drops, was he? No, like, it, he had an incredibly low drop percentage at LSU. Yeah. I don't know. That's I get I I just have the hunch that's going to, he'll work through that, but that's, it's not good because allegedly it's not just that one preseason game where he dropped three passes. It's been a problem throughout practice for him too. Mm-hmm. So something he's got to shake. Well, and you know, we have no idea what guys are like mentally. And we, when hmm. you, you jump up a level, you're at the high, you're playing the highest level of football and all of a sudden you're dropping passes that you've never dropped before. Hmm. You do have to wonder if that gets in your head a little bit. Absolutely. Totally. I, I definitely think that that's possible. Um, well, it's not going to be Kadarius Tony. I think we can comfortably say that. <laughs> I would definitely take Rondell Moore over Darius Tony. Uh, if you have to pick either Sam Ellinger or Ian Book, who are you taking? I think you got to go Ellinger. Ellinger yeah. there. Ellinger? Yeah, I think Ellinger. it's Ellinger. Yeah. yeah um, it's probably not worth knowing. To. He's going to be a great coordinator someday. <laughs> I mean... He's been through a lot, probably. So that, that's one hundred percent true, and I apologize for what I said. Yeah. That was a stupid thing. I no, didn't consider no. the off the field stuff. I'm it's I'm one hundred percent in the wrong there. But he, um, you know, his uh, with Wentz potentially out. I mean, he's not going to be out. It looks like he's going to play. But if he were Hell to yeah. be out, now it's him against Jacob Eason, and <laughs> you know, and he's got great, great offensive line, one of the best in the league, and. You know, a re- I think a really good coach, a really good um, system around him, good running backs. You could do a lot worse than Ellinger if he had the starting job, but that's obviously out the window. 
Yeah, I completely forgot Brissette and was a dolphin now. And this this whole time when Carson went down, I was like, oh, I wonder what they're going to I wonder if Brissette's just going to take over. And then they're like, oh, it's going to be Ellinger or Eason. And that confused yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Carson, Carson trending to play week one. So mm-hmm. looks pretty solid. Let's get that. Uh, let's get that draft pick, fellas. Yeah. And uh, I've been not going to pretend like I haven't already done a bunch of. Uh, a bunch oh of mock drafts. God, are you I serious have? already? Oh, I've done a bunch. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, I end up with uh, Demarvin Leal from uh, Texas A and M a lot. Oh, yeah. That's where that's where it tends to Edge. go. Yeah, and he's a kind of a combo. We'll see where he is. We'll see. He's got a he's a versatile player. He's a chess piece, as the kids <laughs> say on the defensive line. Just I like can't some... believe you're already doing that. That is absurd. Oh yeah, hundred percent. No, I uh, I've I've had some interesting ones. Um, all right, we're going to get out of here. Last thing, I, I just want your take on it real quick. Coach of the year, we got, uh, you know what? Let's go comeback player of the year. It's a little more fun. Comeback okay. player comeback player of the year at Bavada. Dak Prescott, 200. Burrow, 650. McCaffrey, 7. Saquon, 7. Wentz, 9. Uh, Laurent Duvarnay-Tarndiff, uh, 1,000. Nick Bosa, 1,000. Sure, those are the same odds. Julio Jones plus 15, Derwin plus 16, Jameis plus 16, Von Miller 18, Odell's 2,000, Garoppolo's 3,000. Wow. Who do you like here? Some big time names on that oh, yeah. list. Um, the one that stuck out to me was, uh, was, was, uh, Bosa. Duvarnay Tarnif. Yeah, I mean that too, but Bosa for sure sticks out. And honestly, Jameis. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jameis comes back the way he looked against Jacksonville. I don't want to make too much of that, but. He surefire Hall of Famer. You look sharp, and I mean, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, but he, it wouldn't be sur- just wouldn't be a total shock to me if he ends up up there. I, Dak is going to be getting a lot of, you know, a lot of love. So mm-hmm. if he's just okay and everyone else is good, he's still going to win it. I think based on how gruesome that injury was last year. Fair enough. All right, that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Underdog for Anshu Khanna. I'm Chris Horbidel. Thanks for listening. We will see you back here next time.